you an artist or creator with a social conscience? Do you have an inspiring story or material to share that's helpful to people? Are you an expert on culture, arts, nature or wellness? If this sounds like you or someone you know, we'd love to hear from you at Can Projects, where we advocate that active engagement in positive and creative outlets is beneficial to our health and environment. Our talk show Can Projects podcast reaches 20 plus online platforms and features insightful, inspiring and expert guests. You can check out the show on our free archives on Spreaker.com and YouTube. We'd love to hear from you, so please feel very welcome to email us at canprojects.info at gmail.com. Help each other. Help us all. Welcome to the Cam Projects podcast, where we love to talk about culture, arts, nature, and wellness. And I'm your co-host and project coordinator, Shane McKay. And I'm your other co-host and project co- coordinator, Christopher Sneed. And we have a great show lined up for you with um, a really inspiring lady from a really inspiring company. Her name is Sharon Keelty, and her company is Jiminy, because it's a company with a bit of a conscience. <laughs> if anyone gets that reference, you know. Um, so Sh- Shannon was uh, previously was an operations manager for McKinsey's European Healthcare Practice for, for three years, responsible for strategy and implementation of it. Then spent ten years um, on strategy and healthcare, and uh, at the age of twenty-three, she decided to found her own business, which is which led its field in. Business and Asia support business, which led in its field in Ireland and served the country's biggest companies in government employment. She had three full-time people. And then uh, decided to change... Oh, she also has a first-class honours degree in uh, engineering from the University College of Dublin. And then in uh, October 2018, she decided to give all that up and found her own company making eco-toys to help try and reduce the damage of the toy industry in the environment and... You know, just I can't wait to get to talk to her. Like Shane, I can't hear you there. Sorry, I love. I'm just saying, I love it as a topic, and um, it's kind of mm. it's kind of related to some of the stuff that we are going to cover. We haven't really looked at it a lot, but I'm just going looking through our notes there real quick, Chris. And I see dyes, toxic dyes are coming up. So it's kind of it's it kind of sounds like similar to some of that textile stuff that we're going to be covering like that kind of oh yeah the fast fashion industry yeah. fast fashion and industrial scale kind of uh production of uh kind of toxic Everything. kind of stuff <laughs> yeah so i suppose without further ado we'll bring uh sharon it's Sha- what's it sharon what's Kilty. it Kilty Kilty, yeah. from yeah. jiminy and we'll have there'll be a link to the website and stuff like that in the in, in, in the, the uh, description so sharon you're very welcome here to Cam projects thanks for coming in Pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. And uh, actually, you just uh, you, you gave us some good news there just off the air. You were telling us um, you, you've been nominated for uh, something there pretty cool. 
Yeah, I've been shortlisted for a Irish Businesswoman of the Year award and the ceremony is tonight. So I get to dress up and go along and um, have a little speech ready in case it's me. That's <laughs> great. It will be. Yeah, I, I mean, all the nominees are amazing. I'm just looking forward to meeting them, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, great. Well, congratulations on that. I'm sure it's well-deserved. Um, I'm, I'm really, really keen to hear more about the, uh, the, the, this project. So could you tell people who haven't heard about uh, Jiminy and, and, and the, the, this prod product that you're, you're making, could you tell people about it a bit, please? Um, yeah, so Jiminy is my activism. Um, it was 2018. My daughter was about to turn four and I went to, a, you know, a big toy store that you would recognize the name of to get her a gift and I wanted to get her something plastic free and locally made, you know, it's something I could feel really good about. And I actually walked out empty handed um, because everything in there was plastic, wrapped in plastic, shipped all the way from China. And I just couldn't buy it anymore. And I felt like if I was feeling that way, maybe I wasn't alone. You know, maybe yeah. other people would also like it to be easy to choose the right thing, you know, because we we can't it's, expect people to do better if if that is not available, you know. Yeah, this is something I've actually had on my mind for a long time. Like, I mean, there's so much packaging and toys, like you know, and some of it is kind of mixed material which can't be recycled, and it's yeah. it's it's just ridiculous. Oh, one thing for a sec. We have received no sponsorship money or any payment from Jimmy Toys. This is not a paid promotion and we actually believe in their mission. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Chris, it's not just about the package packaging. So if you just picture mm. a typical toy, what percentage of the weight of that toy is the packaging? I would say about 25 to 50%. Can I guess? Sometimes. Depends. Yeah, go on, Shane. I'd say more. I'd say it's a lot more. It's more than half, maybe, is it? You know, it depends on the toy. Like, if I picture, like, a box of Lego, I would say the box is only, like, 5% of the weight, maybe less. Um, it depends on the toy. And so here's the thing. What's actually much more important and urgent than packaging waste is climate. Mm. If we ha if we fix our climate in the next decade, then all will be well and we'll have lots of time to go around in little boats or do whatever it's needed to pick up the packaging waste. Mm. If we don't fix the climate in the next decade, then, you know, we'll be into sort of, we won't be, a, we, we'll have missed our chance. So um, the most important aspect of any product and everything I say about toys applies to everything. It applies to your phone, it applies to your coffee machine, to your toaster, whatever you might be buying. Um, the most important thing is actually the carbon footprint. And mm. most of the carbon footprint of a toy is is not what you would expect. Let me ask mm. you another question. Shipping. So <laughs> is it the shipping or is it the plastic that is 90% of the carbon footprint of the typical plastic toy that's come from China? Yeah. I would say shipping is the is the biggest. And most people say the same and mm. most people are wrong. Wow. Um, plastic, making plastic from petroleum is just hugely carbon intensive. It releases between two and six times the product's weight in carbon dioxide, which is a lot. Let me put that in context for you. Just for toys, just making toys from plastic releases so much carbon dioxide, we'd have to plant a billion trees to absorb it. And you might say, well, let's plant the billion trees, but toys is only 0.1% of the global economy. And that's before we even tackle transport, aviation, farming, you know, all the construction, all the big industries. So we can't go around planting billions of trees for every, for every tiny industry. Um, in other words, we need to stop churning out 
petroleum-based plastic because it's, it's, it's it like, has a huge carbon footprint. It's wasteful yeah. economics is what we're kind of really looking at. It's like, and that's why I love as 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 a, as a project and 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 a, and a proof of concept this this Jiminy thing that it's like you're you're doing you're doing you're coming from 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 a mindful and an ethical standpoint where you're try you're you're making a product that takes all of this stuff on board and you're proving it can be done and it can be done successfully as well. Yeah, that's the activism. So like, I'm not in this to make money. It's not like I saw a market opportunity, like, oh, let's sell some eco-friendly toys to people who want to get and make some money. No, uh, yeah, this is true. very much me thinking things have to change. Who's going to change it if not me? Hmm. Well, let's I mean, go for it. <laughs> like you walked away from pos high power, possibly very high paid guaranteed jobs to, to, to stick your neck out like and go, I did. Yeah. yeah. So I walked away from, yeah, from like a white collar job and I, um, you know, we don't own a home. We, I invested my life savings, which otherwise would have been a house deposit or whatever, um, to start Jiminy. And I'm not feeling sorry for myself. And I, you know, I'm, it's a sign of the, of my great privilege that I could save money and that I could have a house deposit safe, but I invested it in Jiminy instead because like, this is urgent. This is urgent. Yeah. We, we're always talking about the environmental crisis, but I feel like understandably most people don't really connect with it emotionally as a crisis because as humans we didn't evolve to deal with faraway threats mm. we evolved to deal with the immediate threat mm. so we respond well if a lion jumps out in front of us or we respond well if someone threatens us or we respond like i had an experience my daughter when she was three she nearly ran out in front of a car and i i i don't know how i got from point a to grabbing her and I don't remember screaming as I did that, but I heard this huge scream at mm. the crossroads and all the traffic stopped and I, I was beside there holding her. I don't know how that happened. It was just it's, like a primal yeah. instinct. It's, it's, um, it's flow state. That's what they call that. Really? Um, your adrenaline kicks up, your cortisone kicks up and your body just goes into overdrive. Like it you was hear, actually you hear amazing people toppling cars to get babies out from underneath it, like a single person. Exactly. Know? Yeah, it was bizarre. It was bizarre, but actually, it was a reassuring experience because I was, you know, I saw that my instincts were, you know, were switched on. But so we're designed for that. We're not designed for ten years from now there'll be shortages of water and food. We're not designed for you know twenty twenty five years from now, and that's the challenge with climate, isn't it? Is getting people to make changes now when they're busy, they're stressed. You know, they need to think about lunch for the kids tomorrow. They need to think about you know paying the paying the rent this month, um, and so we get up in the immediate at the expense of the long term hmm. so um anyway that's why it takes someone maybe to stop and tackle it in the way that i'm doing as a business hmm. to actually make it easy that's the whole idea is we have to make it easy for people to do the right thing hmm. because they're busy they're stressed they're under you know they just need a present the birthday is tomorrow well, plus we kind so, of get bombarded as well by a lot well go with this other option like there's like a lot of money invested in that and that like hard sale advertising, you know, that and we're constantly yeah. bombarded by that. Yeah, we are. So, yeah, I think it's hard to, you know, if you look at our society, sometimes I think like the fundamental problem is in, is about incentives. So if you look about um, what, so for example, I'm going to this awards dinner tonight and there's sort of an expectation that you go out and buy a new dress. 
Now I'm actually wearing I'm wearing my Deb's dress from 1996. Okay, it's it's oh, stretchy. It still fits. It it looks perfectly nice. I'm wearing a pair of shoes I already had, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that's kind of almost looked down upon by our society, isn't it? And people will oh yeah will, would think more of me if I showed up in some big fancy flouncy I don't know designer thing. So like that's an example of how it's it's trendy to do the wrong thing mm-hmm. and it's unfashionable it's almost taboo mm-hmm. to do the right thing let's look at well, flying so this is a very difficult topic flying mm-hmm. um going off for a sun holiday in portugal is totally socially acceptable saying that you don't fly for climate is socially unacceptable but the most powerful thing that we as individuals can do for climate is to not fly so we've got this huge like social taboo against doing the right thing and a huge social acceptance of doing the damaging thing. So that's, people, it's that's like what we need get, to change. It's, yeah, and it's like people are skeptical when they hear like, oh, you're trying to do the right thing. What's in it for you then? You know, like it's like it, people are like super cynical about like the wrong yeah. stuff. Like, you know, it's yeah. just kind of... And they're not wrong to be it. Like there is mm. a lot of greenwashing. There's a lot of big business. Yeah. And I, I'm always confused when I observe big businesses behavior sometimes. You know, if you look at just say like, you know, that big oil has known about the climate crisis for decades. Oh, yeah. Carried on. So those are human beings with children well, and families at home. And how, you know, how did they go into I, work every day and be part of that? Hmm. They must sort of have detached themselves from the responsibility somehow, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. That's it. But anyway, the whole idea of Gemini is just to tackle toys, like, and just to make it easy for people to do the right thing. Because mm. if the right brilliant. thing is too difficult, it's not going to happen, and, and it's I not be- their fault. I've been sneaking yeah. through your website and looking at some of the stuff you have, and it's fantastic. Like those grow kits are amazing looking. I, I I actually want to get a few of them from. I have I have one for him, not from Jimny because I hadn't heard of Jimny when I bought it. And yeah. it's a little garden for your windowsill. Yeah. And he's, he's got he's got radishes and carrots and onions in that at the moment. Now oh, I have a vegetable patch out the back garden, but uh yeah, this is his one. And we have earthworms in it because we're looking at how the compost system works and we're adding, you know, leaves to the compost and Yeah. Yo. That sounds great. Yeah, we try and pick toys that are, so we, we only stock toys that are climate neutral. So that means they have to be made from either from plants, which includes trees and cardboard and paper and hmm. also bioplastic, which is plastic yeah. made from plants or recycled materials. Our favorite is actually recycled materials because that tackles two crises at the same time. It, it has a low carbon footprint and also it's using up waste and we have waste issues. Like it's, it's, it's sort of, it's hard to understand that plastic comes from petroleum, which is like precious, you know, it's yeah. expensive, it has a huge climate of impact. And so we've created all this damage to make that water bottle. And yeah. then we've drunk the water and flung it away yeah. into, oh. for instance, you know, such a way. So it's great to buy things that are made from recycled plastic. We love recycled materials even more than natural materials because they're tackling the waste crisis at the same time as the climate crisis. So they have a low carbon footprint. Um, and uh, also they use up stuff that's currently a problem. Like yeah, waste. stuff that's in, otherwise so, that's going into the environment and yeah. actually into us. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, like, I like to get as much use out of anything that I get. You know, like my clothes go through stages. There's good wear, casual wear, um, slobbing around the place wear, then, you know, dirty work wear, and then dust clots. Or I get them on the old sewing machine. I have lovely, I have a hundred year old Singer sewing machine, one of the old cast iron ones with the hand crank. 
Oh, have we missed Sharon? Amazing. Sound? Yeah, okay. that sounds great. Wow, yeah. we can fix things. That's great. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I do similar. <laughs> I do similar. <laughs> like, I, I'm a clown by trade, and my my standard clown bag is actually made from an old pair of jeans and um some other t-shirt is the lining in it and stuff. Yo, well done. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's no, great. And even then, after they're used as rags, you know, ideally we'd be collecting those fibres and then then recycling them into mm. new material or into a lower grade material or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, so our toy store focuses a lot on recycled and uh, materials, and then the rest is made from plants. And so it's all carbon neutral. It's packed plastic free. Like ninety-seven percent of it, or something like this, is entirely packed plastic-free. And um, we made a few compromises, very selectively, to allow a bit of shrink wrap in. Again, thinking about the percentage mm. weight of the shrink wrap versus the product, mm. and just uh, there are certain products it's hard; they get dirty and dusty, and they get fingerprinted if they're not. Anyway, whatever. Mm. But in general, our 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 sort of our our mandate is made from plants or recycled materials packed plastic free and made locally in Europe because even though the transport is only 10% the carbon footprint, we talked about this, right? It's the plastic, the Chinese made plastic toy, 90% of the carbon footprint is the plastic, but 10% is still the transport. And we want to, you know, we want to achieve a really high standard. So we, we source things that are made locally in Europe as well. Mm, that's um, and that's something really different. Like that's completely opposite to the mainstream toy store. So the global toy industry is 90% Virgin plastic toys, most of those also packed in plastic, and 80% of them are made in China. And, you know, and, and another 10% probably made in, you know, in Thailand and other faraway mm. places as well. So we're really flipping the whole rules on the, on its head. We have 750 products in our toy store. So it's not like, you know, you can get most mm. everything you need for ages, baby up to teenagers. Yeah, and so like wonderful. you said, Shane, we're really role modeling that mm. it doesn't have to be the way it is. Yeah. You know, and, you can uh, have a full toy store without yeah, the made far away virgin plastic. And yeah. also, um, like, there's a lot of unethical business practices in these factories as well. Like, they're based on an exp uh, on exploitation, really. Can you know? be. Like, some of them are good. There are good factories mm. in China, but there are also, you know, it's more, there's a higher probability of, of an unethical practice. Like, I think just production in China in general, a lot more of el their electricity comes from coal burning. Most of Europe's electricity doesn't come from coal burning anymore, but most of China's electricity still does. So the electricity is dirtier. Um, the control of, of waste and what happens with factory waste, the control of that is less robust than in Europe. Again, there are good factories there that are responsible, but it's just it's a higher percentage that are not responsible. And then again, treatment of people, there are lots of good places to work in China that treat you really well, but um, it's more also just more likely that you get a bad employer there than in Europe. So like the great privilege of sourcing European made toys is that in general, you know, there's good employment law and good standards for staff. In general, the electricity is cleaner. The control of waste is better. Um, also the control of the quality of the toy is better. And um, also the turnaround times are quicker. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you a fun example. I often feel at a disadvantage against those made in China plastic toys because they're cheaper. But like Smith's Toys is ordering in January and February for Christmas. Yeah. Because the lead times are long when you're dealing right. with big producers made you know, far away. Whereas I'm ordering in October for Christmas. Wow. So last year there was a shortage of toys because a lot of the big Chinese factories had to close for COVID. 
And when you cho- close a 1,000 person factory for a month, you, you, you can't catch up again. Whereas my producers are more like five person factories, right. you know, and so they closed for a week or two weeks and so they caught up again. And mm. um, so we had abundant supply of toys. That's brilliant. Thanks to our local sourcing at a time when Smiths and others were warning people they had shortages. But it's like you're, you're, you're like you're, it, it, like it should. You would, you would hope and imagine that that's how it would work because you're. To me, it sounds like you're running and you've built a very mindful and sustainable kind of business, you know. And I find it really interesting that yes, it is going against like the standard model, but that can be a huge advantage, like to to actually be different and actually stand out in the marketplace. You can leverage that being different. We're 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 you know kind of programmed like, yeah, don't do the right thing. Hey, that's not trendy. Whereas like actually like it's I almost feel like the more we're being discouraged, not that like I'm into anarchy or anything like that, but it's almost like the more we're in discourage we're discouraged don't do that. It's like, oh, that must be what I'm supposed to be doing then, is it? You know, but <laughs> yeah, I, I know. know that's it. It's a bit backwards, but it feels like that sometimes. And I really love this kind of like, you're, t- you're talking about every step of the business there. What really goes into what happens from the minute, from paper to, to, uh, to, to delivery, you know? Mm-hmm. And so every single facet of that. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a great subject to actually be getting onto because we really kind of believe that this is the way of the future is like sustainable and um well thought out businesses that are not based on they're they're, they're essentially non-exploitative not just non-for-profit but non-exploitative practices and i think only good can come from that and i think we're i'm, I'm really hopeful that we're going to see a lot more of this kind of stuff but i'd, I'd love to, bioplastics now that's a subject that i haven't really heard a lot about so can you kind of tell us and the audience a bit more about that um because that's really fascinating to me I've, I've i've heard of like whatever you know oh the 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 the, 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 the cups made out of um, wheat bamboo and bamboo and, and things like that. But I haven't yet seen it applied the way you're applying it, Sharon. So I'd love to I'd love to know more about that, please. Yeah, so bioplastics is cool. So it's just plastics made from plants. Uh, I'll give you an example. A polyethylene, which is PE. Okay, so it's very common plastic. If you lift up a lunchbox that you might have at home, it's probably made from, it might be made from polyethylene. A lot of toys are made from polyethylene. Um, polyethylene is made from ethanol, alcohol. Mm-hmm. You can make ethanol from petroleum, but as you know, you can also make alcohol from plants. Yeah. And so actually, it's kind of like, um, and the, the, so the resulting PE, plastic, is exactly the same. The molecules are the same. It's just PE. Hmm. It's kind of like fair trade coffee. Yeah. If I gave you two cups of coffee and told you one was made by people who lived like slaves and the other was made by people who had a decent standard of living, would you be able to taste the difference? You wouldn't. You might say you might, but you wouldn't because it's just coffee. At the end of the day, it's just that you can feel good knowing that the farmer was fairly paid for the fair trade coffee. So poly- bioplastic is like that. It's just plastic. Okay. Um, it's but you could feel good knowing that it came from a renewable resource. We can grow the plants again. It's not a one shot thing yeah. like petroleum um, and plants it, absorb like, carbon. Yeah, it acts like a carbon sink. It's storing yes. the carbon. Bioplastic is a carbon sink. Exactly. Now, I mean, there's some people out there who think it's biodegradable as well, but that's yeah so the thing about bioplastic uh is it's just like plastic there are lots of plastics and there are lots of bioplastics so and there is you know regular petro petroleum-based pe and there's bio pe there's regular polypropylene pp 
and there's bio PP, you know? And so some of them are exactly like the, the substitutes. There's also some bioplastics that don't replace a similar petroplastic, they're just unique. Um, and so some bioplastics are compostable and some are not. Okay. And they're both good in different okay. uses. So right. compostable, honestly, composting is kind of a waste of resources. It's much better to recycle things. Having right. made the paper, why would you let it rot all the way down to soil only to grow the tree again to make new paper when you could just take the paper and put it into some water and make new paper? You know, just intuitively, you know, it's it's yeah. quicker and less wasteful just to yeah. recycle it. So the same is true with bioplastics. Okay. Um, we don't actually love compostable films in our shop because they confuse people and because it's better to recycle. So we actually prefer yeah. to use paper than a compostable it's, isn't it, it's, it's, I've heard it's a little bit it, it can be a little bit of a myth that that, that, that whatever biodegradable plastic because it, 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 like you're saying it's a lot of effort actually to get it to break down to that level where it's reusable yeah, like, you know, it, it has its place. So compostable is helpful when it's going to be smeared with food. So if you imagine the average festival, music festival, and you've got ketchupy, greasy chip containers, like who's going to go through 100,000 of those and wash them carefully for recycling? It's not going to happen. So let's make those compostable. Right. That makes sense. But if it is something that you could easily get just washed and clean into the recycling, then better to use a recyclable material in general. So, there's, yes, it's compostable bioplastics and then there's non-compostable bioplastics. So for all of our toys, people will often ask me, like, is this truck compostable? <laughs> and I'll say no. And you wouldn't want it to be like you don't want the truck to start to biodegrade in the bath. Or yes. if you leave it out in the rain, you don't want to come out to a puddle of a truck. You know, <laughs> you want the truck to be durable. You want 20 years of play. Yeah. out of that truck. You want mm -hmm. your child to use it and the neighbor's child to use it and the next child to use it. And then you want to recycle that truck. So um, it is 100% recyclable as... Yeah, Bio-PE hmm. is recyclable along with Petro-PE because like I said, Fairtrade coffee, they're both yeah. coffee, they're both PE. Mm. They're exactly the same. The same chemical structure. Same chemical. But there are... So there's... Um, and what I, of, I often find badly researched articles on the internet about bioplastic that lump them all together and talk about them as if they were a single material. And so they say lots of different things which are true about different bioplastics as if it was... So that confuses people. So yeah, there are compostable bioplastics. There are recyclable bioplastics. There are not recyclable bioplastics. So PLA is an example of bioplastics. Someone started making water bottles out of it. It looked like regular plastic, but it wasn't recyclable. And so it messed up the recycling system. You know, there have been stupid things done. But um, the bioplastics that we find useful are those um, the exactly interchangeable ones like BioPE. So all our all of our toys, bioplastic toys, are all actually BioPE, um, which means they're, they're carbon neutral, they're carbon sinks, they're renewable, made from plants, they're recyclable. And um, and they're interchangeable with regular PE. So when when did Jiminy actually start up? How long is? It? Yeah, I think the official first day was like a cold November morning in my local park, <laughs> where we did our first market with literally a table and twenty products, and uh, we no longer stock more than half of those twenty products because our ideas about what people wanted and needed were different about what people wanted. You know, we were wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we learned a lot from doing markets. We did markets from November 2018 for about a year. You could say you did so market much. research then, yeah? 
Yeah, margarine. <laughs> yeah. The best ever market research. Um, so, um, yeah, that was fab. And we just learned so much about what people understand and don't understand. Like we learned things like how confused people are about bioplastics. So we learned how to explain them. We learned that people don't want loose materials. They don't want like craft felt and, you know, lollipop sticks. They want a kit. Okay. Yeah. That's what they people want, want these days. Ready to go. Yeah, now, I, I, love, I, I love my craft piles of stuff, personally, but that's that's me. Like I, I, <laughs> I do too, and they yeah. have their place. But people, and hmm. I, I don't know, people are come to us for gifts. Yeah, that's it. Introductory, so. introductory boxes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah, that stuff is great, and I'm all for that. But people don't want that from us, so oh, it's good to know yeah. that, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And um, so, like, are, how how have you seen much change then since kind of? The concept of Jiminy and when you started and up until now, as far as trends or what what are, what pe- what are people looking for or what kind of growth are you starting to see as far as the industry and is has, is interest kind of picking up or yeah. do you think we need a lot more effort to 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 get it moving more or how's it kind of playing out? Like so, success for for us is that we're not needed. Success for us is that Smith's Toys is full of recycled plastic and bioplastic and a bit of wood and cardboard, right? Yeah. That's success for us. And then we'll be like, great, we can put our feet up now and go do something else. <laughs> so um, mainstreaming this is, is, and this is the same for every other industry. We do not need eco as a fringe or a sort of a special interest group. We just need it to be normal. And the person who walks into a toy store without thinking, <laughs> the person who doesn't care about the environment still comes out with a recycled plastic toy. That's success. So um, I definitely see a good trend um in 2020 smith's toys was stocking one toy that was bioplastic or recycled plastic they're now stocking 14 toys Mm. now i suspect their whole catalog is a couple of thousand toys okay so we're still not at a good percentage but it's a good trend and um and so we see our role as partly putting pressure and inspiration on them you know so they see us growing yeah then every time you know every time someone orders from us is another reason for Smiths to have a chat with their executive mm. team about their strategy. Because here's the thing, you have so much power as a buyer. Mm. So I, we, um, we were looking at these lovely craft kits made in the UK. And so we have a set of 25 questions we ask and we asked them about their stuffing. For They were made, little craft kits to make stuffed yeah. toys. We said, is the stuffing um, recycled? Because most stuffing is polyester. And so you want 100% recycled polyester or no polyester. So we said, is it recycled? They said, actually, it's not. But since you've asked the question, we found a supplier and we're going to switch our whole range over from virgin polyester stuffing to recycled polyester stuffing. So like just in how we were shopping, we were shopping them. We were going to stock them. We changed them. And then there's the others where we say, I'm sorry, we're not going to stock this because there's a plastic bag inside the box. And they're like, what? And we're like, yeah. There's just no need for a plastic bag inside a car, you know, yeah. say a puzzle, a cardboard puzzle. They just don't need the bags inside the boxes anymore. Yeah. We're like, no, that's not necessary. You could just use a little sticker on either side and said, and they're like, what? Are you seriously mm. not going to stock us? And we're like, yeah, we're not going to stock you. So even the ones where we don't manage to change them immediately, there's a little impact there because yeah. we turned them down. So yeah. as a buyer, imagine Smith's had a plastic, only, only, only recycled plastic or bioplastic policy. They're huge. They don't just, they're not just big here in Ireland. They bought Toys R Us. They're quite big across Europe. Imagine the impact they could have overnight, mm. you know, and, and. Well, you'd be talking tons per shop, like. That's it. And like, there's parts of the supply chain that aren't, 
aren't there yet for that to happen. So uh, it's actually quite hard to find toy safe recycled plastic pellets. So, you know, these people run injection molding machines to make mm. the toys. They need little gra granules of plastic to put into those. So it's quite hard to find toy safe recycled plastic pellets from a, a reliable source. So again, in China, things are less tightly regulated. So there are people there offering recycled plastic pellets, but a lot of toy makers don't feel safe using them in case they're okay. contaminated. Yeah, yeah. The hmm. problem with recycled plastic is if there's heavy metals, if there were wires, yeah. if there was an electric yeah. part in there, when you melted it down, you have lead, you have nasty things in there that aren't toy safe. Yeah, so it can be quite hard to find um, toy safe recycled plastic pellets. But uh, we know how to solve that problem. So Green Toys in California exclusively uses milk bottles for their, so they grind up the milk bottles, yeah. melt them down, and they know that it's safe because it used to hold food. Yeah. Right. Uh, so other people could set up, we could, we could start segregating the food plastic from the other plastic. Mm. If there was demand for the recycled plastic pellets, mm. then it would be you know, financially worthwhile to do that. Mm. And so that's what I was saying about using recycled materials is so powerful because it puts a value on that waste and putting value on that waste enables people like it becomes a business opportunity yes. to set up a recycling plant that only handles food plastic, food grade plastic, because the toy industry is clamoring for the pellets, you know, so mm -hmm. by creating the demand. So if Smith's change tomorrow to only recycled or bioplastic across all its stores, it would take a year or two. Mm -hmm. for the suppliers to make that change because then the suppliers have to go and you know scream to the world i need toy safe recycled plastic here's how to yeah. and, and then someone you, will you, step you, in and do that yeah you create but a vacuum and nature abhors a vacuum and goes to fill it so the suppliers will be created by the fact that they're wanted exactly yeah and but why wouldn't they do that i guess There'd be concerns about disruption, about cost, and because they're primarily they primarily exist to make money. Hmm. They don't primarily exist to make the world better. You could argue they do bring a lot of joy to the world by bringing toys to children, including affordable toys. But well, the primary kind of, primary so, motive is money. Yeah, and like some problem. people are in business in the money business. They're not necessarily in the business that they're they're more in the money business than in the business they do. And the toy industry is for sure. We, we I mean, that's going back a long time. It, it, it's, it's, it's been kind of like that with, you know, big box store kind of models. And yeah. even the toys themselves are geared very much towards mini consumers, you know, like let's kind of, mm -hmm. you know, get them into the shop and encourage them to, you know, I mean, gender specific toys is another one that I've kind of got issues with when I, when, when, when I was growing mm. up, my, my, my parents were really good like that, that there were, you know, there are certain things they didn't like us playing with, but it wasn't a doll, <laughs> you know, they didn't I, want I, to play I'm with proud violent. to say that I had several <laughs> dolls. You know, Very good. Yeah. Um, we actually, me and my brothers had a dolls hospital in base in the hot press. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, like, you know, we, our primary mission is the environment, but we also just like to be good citizens of the whole mm. toy space. So mm. we, we do work to make sure that our website is inclusive, that we show, you know, children with disabilities, that we show um, children of all ethnicities. So that Basil book, yeah, it's like what you plant the pages. The, the front and back page, the cover pages, are, have seeds implanted into them so that you can plant the whole page in your garden and grow a little patch of basil. You know, 
It's great. It's really yeah. innovative stuff. And it, to me, it would make sense that they have those kind of innovative products on there because it's an innovate. It, although it shouldn't be, it is a quite an innovative approach that they're taking towards yeah. business. But it's really just, you know, having a bit of ethics. <laughs> you know, <'cause laughs> like profit Man. is not the only measure of success. Like you no, know, no, the 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 measure of success being you know when you're not needed anymore, you've done your job. Yeah, job done. That's it. Yeah. Okay, folks, so thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll be back with more from the CAM projects very soon. And I have been your co host and project coordinator, Shane McKay. And I'm the other half of that coin, the other pro- co host and project coordinator, Chris Sneed. Slong of all. Slong folk, can I live? And the Can Projects email is canprojects.info at gmail.com. And you'll find a link to the Can Projects website in the description. All the best.